all authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. Authors, I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is with multiple best-selling self-published author, entrepreneur, business coach and radio show host Steve Kidd and he's chatting to us on what constitutes a bestseller, how authors can actively become a bestseller and how authors can use bestseller status to market their books to become a go-to expert in their field, as well as hybrid publishing and much more. So on my author adventure this week, I have hit the ground running. Holidays long in the review mirror and uh, back to work it has definitely been. So I've been busy submitting my children's fiction to traditional publishing houses. So this is my picture book from last year that was long listed in the Larrikin House competition, The Shouting Family. And I always feel I should probably shout that. <laughs> the Shouting Family. <laughs> maybe, well, maybe I won't do that with the kids if it gets picked up. So, And of course, my first in series, The Caravan Kid, which is the junior fiction book that I was submitting through pitching last year as well. So that's currently sitting with a couple of publishers. General feedback. Uh, if you receive any is around the six to ten week mark so I have a little list going and uh, yeah just sort of tick it off as and when dates come and go which you know these dates where they say six to ten week turnaround time talking to authors over the years this actually doesn't mean much to some publishers they can get back in touch after longer than this period uh, which can be kind of frustrating but you know hey ho that's publishing for you so yeah, fingers crossed that something something comes of that. So in case you missed any of the episodes in the past couple of weeks, my non-fiction books are available for sale on all the usual platforms. Not direct at the moment, but working on that. And being the month of February, next week, I'm officially calling it Freelance February and I'm out to market my freelance writing quick tips for fast success book it's a business economics book talks about business etiquette and just provides short tips on how freelancers can succeed so the book is for freelance writers who are starting up their business and it touches upon mindset business setup services rates of pay and finding freelance writing work so if this is you or someone you know please tell them about the free webinar i'm conducting next thursday the 2nd of february that's online it is 6 p.m. Australian Western Standard Times, so, you know, <laughs> I guess outside of those hours, whether you're behind or before, it's a half an hour webinar where I'll be sharing some of the tips from the book and answering some questions if time permitted. So you can head over to eventbrite.com and look up the event. It's called Freelance Writing for Fast Success Webinar. 
And of course, I'll put links in the show notes and they're also on my website and probably across social media and things like that. So for those of you who don't know, I started out as a freelance writer in 2017 when I finished university and I seriously came up against so many issues from not having worked directly with clients one-on-one before or run a business or simply had the mindset to cope or deal with any of the stuff I was undertaking. During that time, you know, I worked with companies and clients and I was really taken a lend of. I worked for some of the poorest pay going I would say but it wasn't a great loss as I wrote this little book about it and the hope it helps others avoid these pitholes and succeed faster in their freelance writing startup. I am excited to say the first newsletter of the hybrid author went out last Friday the 20th of January and it revealed my top secret project for the year. It touched on its purpose, the process I'm going to take to write it, the publication journey I have chosen for this set of books. So thank you to those who have signed up for the newsletter and if you did sign up but you haven't received it, I must apologise as my existing MailChimp account expired and I I think I appear to have lost a few names and signups because of this. So if this sounds like you and you signed up for the newsletter to get your free author pass and to hear about the project then please reach out to me directly via email joanne at hybridauthor.com.au or on social media the hybrid author or Jay-Z Morell on Facebook and Twitter and uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well and let me know so I can add you back onto the list or you're welcome to sign up again and get your free author pass again and receive these. It's a fortnightly newsletter and it shares insights into this top secret project that I'm undertaking this year which is probably going to be the main writing project well it is it's the main writing project that I'll be taking this year so I will not be discussing it on the podcast simply via my newsletter. So if you love the podcast or any of the episodes has helped you further in your author career, you can now pay it forward by buying me a coffee over at buymeacoffee.com slash the hybrid author. Or you can leave me a review on whatever platform you listen to the podcast on to help other writers like you discover the podcast. Let's all support each other. Steve Kidd is a best-selling self-published author, entrepreneur, business coach, and radio show host. His mission is to assist and support individuals who are passionate about their work and want to become successful authors and bestsellers. He understands the challenges that come with achieving success and is dedicated to helping others navigate these obstacles. Throughout his career, Steve has helped thousands of people in sharing their message with the world, resulting in a positive impact on millions. His kind-hearted nature sets him apart and his ability to see the bigger picture and identify opportunities for growth makes him an exceptional visionary in his field. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast, Steve. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, we're thrilled to have you. We'll just dive right in and, you know, can you tell us about yourself and, you know, how did you get into the writing game? Well, you know, I mean, ultimately I'm a third generation minister, an international bestselling author of now 20 books and counting. I've got a bunch of them in the works. Wow. Um, I work with authors to write, publish, market their books to bestseller and beyond. And ultimately, you know, I mean, I've owned a marketing company since 1988 um, and we've been in internet marketing space since before we called it the internet. So, <laughs> so well versed in the industry then. 
Oh, well, that's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's no mean feat. Well, today's episode is how the marketing power of a bestseller will take you from a best kept secret to a go-to expert. So we'll just start by, you know, what do you constitute a bestseller to be? You know, do you believe it's about the marketing or the book or both? Such a wonderful trick question because, you know, everybody puts so much time into all of our books. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is that to become a bestseller, that is the foundational marketing element to your book. Uh, the average book sells about 40 copies ever in its lifetime. And almost always those are to friends and family or directly to your mother, depending on, <laughs> uh, you know, how big your friends and family are. Uh, or you, you know, bought them so, yourself. <laughs> oh yeah. Or you bought them yourself and they're sitting on your shelf and, and, and in the background of your, uh, uh, you know, your setup. So uh, yes, it is absolutely about having an intentional marketing plan for how you're going to bring your book out into the world. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I think that's what a lot of authors kind of struggle with. When I think of bestseller, I would hope it meant that was more about the book being good. And it was a bestseller because so many people have bought it because the book is good. But these days, I don't know, I've talked to some authors who I guess with the way that some of the online systems work, you can kind of play them to get your book up there. Is that something you've heard before or not really? Or I mean, I do exclusively look at Amazon's uh, bestseller ranking because worldwide Amazon sells in the high 90% of all books across the whole entirety of the world. So really currently, at least, uh, you know, if you want to sell a book, you need to be Amazon's BFF. Their bestseller list is statistically driven. It is based on book at number two versus a book at number three sold more copies than the book at number three. Now, with that said, it's important to note that Amazon's list updates every hour. It's about eight or 12 hours behind over there in Australia. It's probably actually more about 36 hours behind from, so, you know, you're seeing now the results of yesterday's work is what your bestseller list is, but it's still updating every hour. And so it's important to understand that it is a much more volatile list, but it's also a real list based on right now, today, these currently are the books that people are getting. They don't quantify that based on how much you paid for the book. doesn't matter if the book was free or the book was a million dollars. It's about individuals getting your book. And that's important. And the system is definitely a system. And it is about understanding that Amazon ultimately is a search engine of people looking to buy things and optimizing your book for that search engine. Mm, yeah, no, that's a good point to make to to remember. I think we can forget that it's like that. Um, yeah, even my kids actually before were looking at Amazon and and you know I was just sort of explaining that it was like an online store and trying to explain it or its origins. But yeah, to think of it as a search engine is a good um, even a good mindset to have. So yeah, no, that's great. So obviously you focus on the Amazon bestseller list. Do you know of any other lists out there? Bestseller lists is is it different for stores or well. You know, because I've been in this space for so long, I think I'm probably familiar with just about all of the different lists. The truth of the matter is, is all the rest of them, they fall into one of two categories, either A, they're lists that you pay a certain fee for and they will rank you accordingly. There's a little bit of statistical data that comes in it, but ultimately it's just basically a paid advertisement. And the others are editorialized lists. In other words, they get a copy of a listing of where big box retail stores purchased copies of the book. So that doesn't mean anybody did buy the book. It may have sold really well, may not have sold at all. That's why, you know, a brand new book comes out and the day, even sometimes the day before it launches, they're telling you, you know, that it's a New York Times bestselling book. And you're like, how could it possibly be a bestselling book when it's 
not even idea. available for anybody <laughs> to have read yet, you know? Um, and that's because, you know, a company like a Walmart or a Costco or other really big stores have made huge purchases of that book. And that made it onto that list, you know, to that end, they are quote unquote, a bestseller, but uh, you know, whether somebody ever gets the book or not is, you know, is not something that that list even really shows. Mm, mm, yeah that's crazy it does definitely hold some merit I think you know the badge bestseller I think when it's on there people think oh well everybody's buying it or it's a bestseller oh it must be good so I guess that's where the marketing power comes from but I mean how can authors actively become bestsellers how do you help people to do that is that something that's obviously something you you specialize in Absolutely. That's what we do all day long. Yeah. Um, it is definitely a system. Um, I kind of feel a little bit like I'm going to tell everybody there is no Santa Claus, but the truth of the matter is it is about understanding how Amazon's system works and then optimizing your book so that when it's searched for, it's found, you know, so that people do find it and they do purchase the book. Um, and there's different all throughout the course of both launch day, as well as throughout the course of the book, things that you need to do to get your book initially onto the bestseller list and keep it there. The truth of the matter is these days, really bestseller should be the starting place. Bestseller is the beginning. It's a day one place for your book. If you've set up your marketing correctly. Yeah. I mean, how do you have any tips for authors with that last sort of statement to set up marketing correctly? How can they, how can they go about that? What's the mindset that they can have there? <laughs> Well, or or how mean, do you guide them? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so first of all, you need to know who are you talking to and what do they need? And most importantly out of that is what are the things that they're searching for? You know, you may use a specific word or phrase. And when you're then writing the description or putting in the keywords for your book, you're putting the words that because you've spent so much time on your book, you know, the words that are in your book, that's not necessarily the words that people who are looking for your book would ever type into Amazon to look for, or go to that category to look for. And then secondarily, because I brought up categories, it's about really understanding really what the categories in Amazon are and where your book really should be listed. Most new authors, almost always, all of us, myself included, our very first book is, you know, kind of generally we're going to help people. And so we should put our book in self-help, you know, I mean, it just makes sense. It's going to help people. And the truth of the matter is, as very few people actually are writing self-help books, they're usually writing more personal development, spiritual growth, personal growth, life transformation, you know, possibly even spiritual Christian or other religious based kinds of growth. Um, or they're writing leadership books that are more of a business category or psychological development books. So you really need to take the time to find what category should my book really be in and what category serves it. You know, I mean, unless you have a Tony Robbins level of following, if you put your book in self-help, it's just going to drown under the, you know, millions upon millions of other books that are sold out of that category every day. So it's sort of going in and effectively doing research in Amazon, like looking at the categories and yeah. what's out there. Well, there must be millions of categories, I assume. But do you just find the ones that are best sort of served your book if you can't find the one you're specifically looking for? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, obviously I do it all day long. So, you know, I spend all day in Amazon. I know the categories pretty well, but if you're going to do it yourself, then yes, you need to drill down on the bestseller list and find out what categories and, uh, you know, where is the competition and where does your book fit, you know, and what really describes what your book is versus, uh, you know, just kind of grabbing a few keywords because those seem like, well, this is about growth and development and being a better you and, you know, and just generically putting out, you know, which all of us did with our first book. So no judgment. I did it too. <laughs> 
So have you yourself as an author, you've kind of been playing with the system for a long time. And then how did you then effectively come to share and help others with it? Yeah. So in 2007, my then wife and one of our younger daughters, actually the movie Twilight, they went on a mother-daughter trip going to all of the filming locations for that. They blogged about that and I helped them turn those blog posts into a published book um, and then did the marketing end of it and made it a bestseller. It was for a time there, the number one movie-related travel guide on Amazon. And that's where I really discovered just how powerful being a best-selling author is and how powerful that best-selling book is. So I spent about the next seven or eight years actually working with the high-end multi-million dollar clients that I was working with. And if they didn't have a book, I would just take things because, you know, people at that level are doing signature talks and all kinds of things. They have a lot of content out there. I would literally just make the book for them, make them a bestseller. They'd show up one day and be like, when did I become a bestselling author? When did I even write a book for that matter? You know, and, and so the system that I've created is birthed out of that. And then starting in late 2015, we began to help people uh, at any level be able to do that same process and, you know, either learn how to do it or have us do it for them. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. And I love, uh, you know, the mother-daughter story with that that book, with the movie. That's, and I would definitely love to read if <laughs> it's still kicking around. <laughs> well, the book's called Experience Twilight, um, yeah. and it is still still kicking around out there and still uh, sells at least a couple of copies every month. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's so cool. And I like the fact that, you know, you offer the service of whether, I guess you're teaching people how to do this themselves or you do it for them. So that's no, that's a really good thing there as well. I guess with um, I myself haven't played around that much with the categories or or anything. How bad can it go for your book if your book is in the wrong categories and being seen by I guess the, the wrong people or bought by the wrong people? So in terms of categories to become a bestseller is good, but you want to probably be in the right categories to reach the right readership. Absolutely. You know, so number one, because we've been talking about ranking as a bestseller, if your book's in the wrong category, even if you get a lot of sales, a lot of people spend a lot of time, you know, they, they bring a whole group of people together. They sell a whole bunch of copies of the book, but you know, let's use self-help since I've been picking on that one, they put in that category. And so then even after all of those sales, you know, they have no bestseller rankings and their book is ranked as, you know, number two. 10,342,000 out of, you know, all the books in self-help on Amazon. When we go in and do the SEO for the book, find the category of what the book's really about. Find out that the book is really about women's spiritual transformation, just as an example of a category. Um, and we put it in there. If not before we do a marketing campaign for it, usually even before we do it, but for sure, when we do a marketing campaign, that book will go from, you know, the tens of millions to uh, in the top couple of thousand books in all books on Amazon and, you know, will pop all the way up to number one, um, you know, just instantly. And it gives you more importantly, long-term as you drive traffic to your, to your book on, on, you know, on Amazon, it will continue to rank. I mean, I have authors that have been Carl Michelle's book went out January 1st, 2016, and he's been in the top 10 list ever since then. I've never had a time when I've looked at his book and not seen it as, you know, is in at least the top 10, if not number one. Wow. And that's, um, and that's just obviously SEO and, and driving the categories and things yeah. like that. So yeah. with your, your length of experience, obviously doing this in Amazon, how many new categories do you see evolve each year? Is there new stuff? Is there categories that disappear over time or? <laughs> must yeah, be I ones. mean, it- 
it, it changes a little bit. It isn't really, the categories itself aren't really as volatile as all that. You know, every once in a while, you'll find a category either change or fluctuate a little bit. The biggest piece of it is, is that if you are running your book yourself on Amazon um, and you upload it all into KDP and all of that, there are several categories that don't show up that way. And you have to understand how Amazon system works to get it into, they're not really intended to be hidden categories, but they kind of are because you can't self-select into them. Um, and so you have to know how to get into the ones that you can't get into at all other than through keywords. And then you also need to know how to get into the ones that you can't select as you're uploading it, but you could ask them to place your book in. So yeah, there's a lot of nuances to it. So how do you effectively work with authors that want to do it themselves? Do you step by step, you have video things, How, how what's the process that you go through there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I work with authors all the way from people who have had a book for 20 years and it never made the bestseller list that we can make them a bestseller all the way to somebody who, you know, wants to write a book, but doesn't have an idea what they're even going to do. And we walk them through figuring out who the book's for, what they need, how, and what to write. Um, you know, we do most all of our writing via interview so that a person doesn't have to worry about also figuring out when the comma goes in the right place and that kind of things. We have a staff of story development editors and grammar people and cover people and, and what have you. Um, and then we format it for ebook and print form and we do the research for you. That's the primary one. And then I do have also a class that goes through teaching that. I mean, obviously I've been doing it forever. So, you know, obviously I can't teach you what I've been doing for the last, what is it now? 15, 16 years, uh, you know, in what is live a three-day weekend class or is about 12 hours of well, you know, 12 hours of video, it's broken down into little bite-sized pieces. So you can do one little thing and then move forward. And we we're even in the process of making it so that it's almost like a game you can play and come out the other end with a book. But yeah, at any level we do marketing you taught to you or done for you. Yeah, that's amazing. That's, that's really great services you offer there. People come to you, go through these steps, um, whichever avenue they want to take and their book rockets to bestseller status. How do authors then use that bestseller status to market their books to make them a go-to expert? How does that all connect? So number one, you know, if you've made your book a bestseller, you want to make sure that your book says that the book is a bestselling book. If it ever was on the bestseller list, you number one are forever now a bestselling author. And number two, you should identify that book as being a bestselling book. Um, it's surprising because, you know, I do interviews with people and they're like, well, everybody's a bestseller these days. But the truth of the matter is, it's still only about one, maybe 2% total of all the books that come out that ever even rank anywhere in the top 100 on a bestseller list. So that's number one. Number two comes into the way that you introduce yourself. You know, um, I'll go back to Carl as a perfect example. Carl, prior to putting his book out, at the time he was doing talks for schools and um, he couldn't get them to return his calls to go in and do the talks for free. Within three months after I, I saw him um, on a Zoom event and then in live later on, but within three months after his book became a bestseller, he was booked out six months in advance at $2,000 per gig. And I asked him, I said, you know, what's the difference? And he said, well, the difference is, is I'm no longer Carl Michelle. I'm number one international bestselling author. Carl Michelle. And that's how I'm introduced. So that's where it starts, you know, is you've got to put that credential, you know, it's like if you graduated from medical school, you know, but then you were like, Hey, come here, let me diagnose why you're, you know, your illness, but you weren't using the, the name Dr. So-and-so people would be a little leery to let you, you know, do a medical exam on them. The same thing's true, uh, you know, with our book. 
Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. It's like a, a, a title that, that sort of earns you credentials in the field, which is good. Would you recommend, obviously, you focus on Amazon, saying like people sort of say everybody's a bestseller um, from the Amazon list now, but even better for your book to be seen as a go-to expert by having multiple best-selling tags on it from other lists would you recommend that <laughs> as an next well, step or just one uh, one's enough <laughs> i mean one is really Amazon is the important one because again, keep in mind that, you know, we're talking the high 90 percentile of um, where books are purchased from, you know, to be an Amazon bestseller, whereas 10 years ago, it would have been like, well, you know, what's this Amazon thing? And, you know, and eh, you're self-published. Whereas, you know, these days really, you know, that's where everybody that knows what they're doing is going. And that's, that's a credential you really want. And the more you get to know about New York times and some of the other big lists and the people who statistically should have been on that list, but weren't for whatever reason, New York times is a public or a privately held company. They can do whatever they want to I'm not trying to diss them. I'm just saying that there is no consistency to, if you do this, you will be. And so it's really best to just focus on that. Because once you're a bestseller on any of those lists, you're a bestselling author. You know, I mean, mm. I had a person one time that was like, why would I want to be on New York Times? I'm from Canada. I was on a Canadian, whatever the paper was, bestseller list. And I was like, well, then you're a bestselling author. You know, I mean, same would be true for some of the major, you know, publications that you have there in Australia. Yeah, yeah. I'm not in my mind. I can't think of many bestseller lists. Usually they come from, yeah, the individual kind of bookstores and stuff, but it's more the award stickers, I guess, that they, which it just kind of works as the same thing, you know, award-winning, best-selling. Yeah, it all just means means the same, which is good. Uh, I heard and read an article as well that the USA Today bestseller list was being suspended i heard it on like another podcast do you know much about i haven't heard much about it but i mean basically the hubbub that i have heard and if i'm totally wrong i apologize to everybody listening because it's just what i heard too um is that it really boiled down to the fact that they were getting a lot of uh, accusations of just being something that people bought and it wasn't didn't really have anything to do with whether the book had sold any for personal integrity reasons as you know and like i said that's what i was told <laughs> and then someone, the conversation I had heard them, they were talking about, you know, you think of bestseller lists and you probably think of big teams that, that come up with these things. And I think it turned out to be they had gotten rid of just the one individual person who was in charge of it all for years. So it was kind of like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Well, what, what about yourself and your books? What Are they all bestsellers? <laughs> All 20 of the books that I've written are, are bestsellers. Fantastic. Um, many of them have popped on the bestseller list multiple different times. Of course, I've worked with that, literally thousands of authors, um, and I have 100% success rate getting people onto the bestseller list. Yeah. And, and your books, what categories do they fall into? Well, most of them are business related, marketing related books. You know, my latest book is called Bestseller is Only the Beginning. I've got it right here. You can oh, cool, see yeah. it. Um, and, uh, you know, that's my latest book. But I also wrote a book just kind of fun when I was, you know, when we were in the midst of the pandemic, I wrote a book called Romeo the Suicidal Parakeet. Um, and it's a cartoon base. It's actually based off of this parakeet that we had that for whatever reason, he kept dropping on his head in his birdcage and we could never figure out. And so I kind of put myself in the mindset of why is this crazy bird dropping himself on his head and wrote, you know, a funny story on that. And then um, I have a few other books and a few other areas that I've written. I've got a couple of Christian books that I'm in the process of, of publishing now too. 
Yeah, that's amazing. That, the, the the parakeet one sounds like a, a funny picture book <laughs> for kids. Oh yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's done. <laughs> each page is basically comic strip style. So there's four oh. to six little frames with, you know, that tells the whole story kind of a thing. And it's, yeah, it was a lot of fun to put together too. Oh, that's amazing. So obviously this is the hybrid author podcast and you're self-publishing and helping others meet their dreams as well. Have you ever considered the traditional route for your book? Ever gone down that, had that experience? Well, you know, I mean, I've been in the industry for so long that absolutely I have considered traditional publishing for my books. Um, I do have some good friends that are agents for people that do that. Um, honestly, these days, I recommend to everybody to not go down that route. The biggest problem with traditional publishing is if you go with a traditional publisher, they're going to own the content to your book. Um, and especially when you talk about uh, a business book, that means that if you want to make a course off of that book, you don't own the content. And therefore, either they're going to have to sign off on the course or as happens more often than not, you won't be able to use that book as part of the course. For a fiction book that shows up as no matter how highly power popular of an author is, say J.R.R. Tolkien, you know, you likely will never have a movie made out of your book, regardless of how many copies of it are sold, because the publisher won't let it. You know, the only reason why we have the Lord of the Rings saga now is because of, you know, things that happened after his passing and after the book moved more into public domain than in, you know, the real control of the publisher and them getting what they needed out of the film. Mm, yeah, no, good point. I feel like, uh, obviously, with publishing and, and your lifestyle is, I guess, personal choice and what people feel they can and can't do or what's maybe best for them or yeah, it's, a, it's a tough one. <laughs> But anyway, thank you, Steve, so much for sharing all you have. That's amazing. Uh, where can people find everything that you do, your books and uh, these wonderful services online? Well, of course, my website is thrivingbestsellers.com. Um, they can go there and that talks about all that we do as a company. And then just to kind of get to know your people, I wanted to give them a free gift. So I put together a free gift for your folks. If you go to ongoingwealthguide.com, that's ongoingwealthguide.com. It's a free little five step that I put together to help you be able to really create a create and redo over and over again, um, ongoing wealth in your life and the ability to generate not only revenue, New, but really that flow of money in and through your life. Um, I even included in that the link to uh, my free Write Your Best Seller in One Hour workshop that I do. So um, anybody can go to that and pick up that for free and, and they're, they're welcome to it. Oh, that's amazing, Steve. Thank you so much. And thanks again for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So there you have it, folks, the truly knowledgeable Steve Kidd chatting to us about how to market yourself as a best-selling author. Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast to kickstart my freelance February, it's a loner sold episode. It's a loner sold from me, and I'll be sharing my printing and publishing adventure through Ingram Spark. And trust me, it's been a long one. <laughs> Since, and there's nothing to do with Ingram, it's just me and my, my knowledge, not having enough knowledge of obviously print formats and things like that. It's, it, this has been going for me to try and print these books since 2020. And it's not like I've been chipping away at it every day and things like that. But, you know, I have come up against a few issues which sort of threw a spanner in the works uh, and they're worth noting. And if you're deciding to publish with them or go down the self-publishing route for any of your books, this episode coming up is worth a listen. I wish you well in your author adventure this next week. That's it from me. It's bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you are further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www 
hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.